honey bees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table, butter beans, peas, beets and chard, chickens running in the yard, catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table, cast on skillets, good and hot, watch it steam and crack and pop, cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop him black gang candy stripes. Look at him loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Good Saturday morning, and welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table. This is a radio show and podcast created to spotlight the people of our region who produce, preserve, and prepare our regional foods and agricultural products. This is your hostess and producer, Amy Campbell. The song that you just heard was sung by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She comes from Madisonville, Tennessee, and uh, she's gotten quite popular In this morning, we're setting the table with cheese. We're first joined by Peg and Sue, co-owners of Cowgirl Creamery, and they're going to visit with us and tell us about their business and why they are behind this Great Smoky Mountain Food Day event, which is happening today. We also get to hear from Mary Constantine, and she has a recipe for blackberry wine cake. So, goodness gracious, thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate your good company. And let's get started. Let's first join Peg and Sue. They are co-owners of Cowgirl Creamery, and this place is in California, and they established it in 1994. They made a big hit with this, and they're a huge success, although they're not conceited about that. Um, But now they feel it's time to give back to East Tennessee. Being both students from the University of Tennessee years ago, they want to now give back. So we're going to join them in the first part of the interview. They're going to talk to us about their business and why they're so interested in spotlighting Appalachian culture and foods. So let's hear from them now. So we're sitting here with Peggy Smith and Sue Connolly, and um, these women are co-founders of Cowgirl Creamery. And um, I know you're not vain and all, but in this neck of the woods, for our listeners, I would say it might be akin to the Alan Benton of the cheese world. Well, I don't know. Ah, You got a name. (laughs) Big name. We have a big name in our uh, community, which is, you know, of course, a huge culinary uh, center and farm center with grapes being the most famous in Napa and Sonoma. But dairying in Marin and Sonoma County are very important. And from that we started to make cheese. I'm glad of it. Um, there's a quote, our products reflect the bounty of Marin County and support the viability of local agriculture. Mm-hmm. 
and that's from you, Peggy. And so that must come out in the taste of your products. Well, actually, when we started making cheese, the whole idea was to reflect the flavor of the milk. Because our, our good friend Albert Strauss um, transitioned his parents' dairy to an organic dairy in 92. And in 94, he's, he opened up the first organic creamery, actually. Which is kind of surprising, you know, that it took to 92. But well, it was the first in the West. No, the first creamery. The first creamery. The first creamery. His yeah. dairy was the first in the West. Yeah. And now, today, this is 22 years later, it, we have 80% certified organic dairying and beef cattle because it's a pasture land on the coast there and uh, very good for animal care and comfort. Yeah. So Albert really started a movement to organic and that saved a lot of dairies. Well, it actually even goes back to his mom, because his mother co-founded Marin Agricultural Land Trust, oh, wow. which was the first agricultural land trust in the U.S. And um, so he got a lot from her, and, and then he opened up the organic um, creamery and, and, uh, and encouraged the local dairy people to convert to organic in the area um, to help with sustainability because the milk prices were so low that mm -hmm. a lot of people were going out of business, right, Sue? Yeah, and his mother um, was really intent on preserving that open space in agriculture, not in a park, in agriculture. Um, and these are third and fourth and fifth generation farmers, so they knew what they were doing. And she said, but they're going to, you know, we can save the land and pay them for their development rights, but if they can't make money on farming, we can't hold them to it, you know, we can't make them farm. Mm -hmm. So uh, cheese was a great idea. She said, we should make cheese. And that's when I called Peggy and I said, Peggy, we should make cheese mm -hmm. with this fabulous milk. Yeah. And uh, we didn't think it would be that hard to figure out. No, but well, we had role turned models. Turned out, it, it was pretty hard. Yeah. Well, we, we did have some good role models, but we um, did. Yeah, it's an endeavor. I mm -hmm. was, a lot of science and mm -hmm. sanitation. Oh and gosh, regulation and lots of regulations. But mm -hmm. you know, for the most part, I have to say, I think the regulations are good. I think that they're not. Um, Oftentimes they're not explained well enough to the people that are doing it, and it seems more oppressive than it should, but um, I really like the safety regulations. Well, it also takes a lot of uh, money yeah. to comply with the regulations, so very small producers have a hard time coming up to standard, and uh, unless they're willing to get a little bigger so that they can make more so they can have a little more revenue it's really tough it is mm -hmm. our dairy people around here are sure struggling mm -hmm. there's you know the cruise farm dairy which has been really something mm -hmm. that doggone colleen has, she's amazing she is such mm -hmm. a great business person and um, wants to stay small but found ways to increase revenue mm -hmm. Um, we're sure proud of them here in this area, mm -hmm. you know. So the kind of cheese 
-hmm. artisanal cheese, organic cheese. Mm -hmm. And I bet, from what I can gather, you do a lot of mail order. So I bet there's a big need for that. There is, you know, right now, I will say that mail order is, is big, but the good thing is that there are so many small creameries popping up around the United States that people can find a lot of good you're probably going to shoot me for saying this, but people no. will find a lot of good local cheeses in their area that they can support. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, we've just seen we've just seen it grow so much in the last twenty years. I think that um, when we first started, there's an association called the American Cheese Society. And um, so the first time we went was in ninety four. Is that right, Sue? Mm-hmm. And there's a competition at the end of the conference. and um, there were 243 cheeses entered that year, and last year at the conference there were over 2,000. Ooh! American cheeses. American wow. cheeses. In that artisanal uh, category. Yeah. That's fantastic. Right. And they're from every region, but the clusters of cheesemakers are in Wisconsin near Madison, in Vermont, and in Northern California where we are. What happened the other night in California in, at our place, it, we had a class on Southern cheese, cheese making. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tim Gaddis, who used to run the store in Atlanta called Provisions, Provisions yeah. um, he led the class. And we had um, Sequatchie Cove and Blackberry Farms and the um, Meadow Creek Dairy they're all going to be here. They're all going to be at our event. So we had this beautiful cheese tasting. So they're presented as a regional group. It's very powerful. Yeah. These are all from here. If you've just joined us, you're listening to an interview with Peg and Sue from Cowgirl Creamery. After a short break, we'll get back with them and hear about the Great Smoky Mountain Food Day event. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table comes in part from Magpie's Bakery in downtown North Knoxville, just one block north of Broadway on North Central Street. Magpie's Bakery can accommodate most budgets and styles, from a simple rustic barn dance with pies, cookies, and cupcakes, to a country club affair with a custom creation. With a full selection of ready-made designs, or they can create custom designs for your special event. Images of their ready-made designs and details on custom orders and appointments at magpiescakes.com. Magpies Cakes. All butter, all the time. And let's join back up with Peg and Sue and hear details about the Great Smoky Mountain Food Day event, which is happening today at the Visitor Center on Nayland Drive at the University of Tennessee, and it's from 12 until 6. Um, details at GreatSmokyMountainFoodDays.com. And uh, these ladies are the ones who are behind this, so let's join them and hear why they care about this kind of thing. So this Great Smoky Mountain Food Day event What can people expect today? What's going on at this thing? We're going to have um, several uh, 
seminars that are related to fermentation of some sort. Yes. Something about moonshine. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and then there's going to be something on cheese and on curing and canning. And Good. Well, you're doing something on canning, right? There's not enough room in the kitchen for everybody uh-huh. to do an actual demo, but I'm bringing all my canning stuff and just go through, you know, the yeah. basic stuff. And just like what we're talking about, well, I just do this all the time. What's so special about it? Well, I hope that I can have some info. Yeah. But but also, um, I'd like to for people to share their canning wisdom, and I'll share mine. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the whole idea is sharing of yes. ideas, and mm-hmm. and also we're going to have a, a family style lunch that's going to be delicious. That's going to be great. With the fried chicken at the center of the plate. So that can't be bad. Well, it's oh, one no of the main seeds. ingredients, but <laughs> also some greens. And, and Jeff Ross is going to talk about uh, seed seed saving and yeah, yeah. and uh, old seeds. Yes, well, and it's going to be prepared by students. A lot of the meals going to well, good. it's directed by different chefs, and mm-hmm. then it's going to be prepared by the uh, culinary students. That's just fantastic. Are you both University of Tennessee graduates? Well, we both went here. But we both worked here in Knoxville in restaurants mm-hmm. during our school years to have money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it turned out, you know, we were just doing that for money, but it turned out we really loved the restaurant world and the camaraderie and the teamwork. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, a lot about the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a kindred spirit type thing. Mm-hmm. Well, we're trying to really connect the ag school and the hospitality yes. and tourism school. Mm-hmm. So, but I have to say, over these years that we've been reconnecting, maybe in the last seven years yeah. or so, things have really changed here. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Market Square activity is unbelievable. Is the market's right? beautiful. The restaurants, the restaurants are fantastic. popping up, and there's energy that was yes. never here before. You know, we want to be part of that momentum that's already here. Yeah, just want to join. Let's talk about the Great Smoky Mountain Food Day event, mm-hmm. which is happening today. Mm-hmm. It's going to be all day long, yeah. and. And um, for people that want to go online or find out more, it's greatsmokymountainfooddays.com. Mm-hmm. And when I first met with the two people that are organizing it, Ann Fairhurst and Jeff Ross, mm-hmm. Ann said that you all wanted, to, now that you've made such a success, want to give back mm-hmm. and kind of help with these foodways of this area. So. Could you tell me why you want to do this kind of a festival? And well, I'm just going to say that you know Peggy and I have been uh, contributing to the university through an internship program, and we did that for three years, where we had an intern from the ag school and an intern from the hospitality school, and uh, they came and spent eight weeks with us during the summer and uh, worked all the parts of our business because we have a very uh, complicated Mm -hmm. business. It's small, but it's complex. So we work the farmer's market. We have two retail stores. We have a wholesale distribution company and we make cheese. So we move them around to all these parts so they could understand. And then being at the farmer's market and understanding the connection and the energy that comes from, you know, small growers working together 
and uh, it was really a great program. So two a year for three years equals six people that we influenced or taught how we do things. And we thought maybe it'd be better to spend that money doing something in Knoxville because we just feel like people shouldn't drive past Knoxville. They should come and really understand how wonderful the culture and the food and the music is. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of what led us to this. And we talked to Anne a lot about it. You know, Anne's been fantastic. You know, she's a really great person. And since we're so deeply involved in uh, restaurant, retail, hospitality, you know, living in Point Reyes or having a place in Point Reyes, which is in a national seashore area, that school really fit in with what we do. And, um, and plus she's fantastic, <laughs> she's a great person. But we thought, how can we work together with the ags, you know, because we work so closely with agriculture and also hospitality. We really wanted to bl- blend those two schools probably more so than they are now. Mm-hmm. And they can really help each other because there's such a bounty there that you know, people just get so micro. and mm-hmm. But I think, it, you know, the uh, and this was true for us, too, that we were thinking that it was too big and too complicated until we went to Europe and saw that very small special specialty businesses that were connected to their place did very well. And the people in that place celebrate that their local region. food. Yeah. And you can see that here. You know, you mentioned Benton's Bacon, you know. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants that bacon, and it's <laughs> yeah. their bacon because it's from their place. Right. So mm-hmm. this is the feeling that we saw in Europe. We thought, we have that here. Mm-hmm. It, there's people aren't paying attention, or they're not mm-hmm. uh, understanding how to get that food. Or it's just, and maybe it's not applauded enough. Gosh, I'm glad. Mm-hmm. Speaking about people having this love for the food and sort of a feeling of, I'm proud of this food that's been made here. It's just really like how we feel in this area about our mountains. We Mm -hmm. all feel like we have a kinship and ownership to them. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it seems to me when I talk to people about this kind of thing and try to get them to let me record their stories, they're like, well, I've just been canning these beans forever. What's so special about that? Yeah. You know, a lot of the stuff we just see all the time, we kind of just don't see it as so... Yeah. And uh, I'm glad you're doing this event to spotlight the the food and the culture and area of this mm-hmm. that we live in. I'm really happy that y'all are doing this. Good. It's funny, uh, Nathan Arnold, who was out visiting us from Sequatchie Cove, and he makes amazing cheese in, you know, near Chattanooga, mm-hmm. in one of the most gorgeous places on earth, and he said... Well, I don't know if anybody will come, you know, buy our cheese. You know, it's not California. I said, no, it's not. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I I understand that. I get that a lot from people, too, not feeling like it's special or has this sort of name or gravitas to it. It's it's an amazing place, and it it will have that. It's already started. I mean, Blackberry Farms, um, you know, that's not a place where local people are invited in, but local producers Mm -hmm. have been invited in very graciously. Mm -hmm. And and they have then been able to expand Mm 
yes what mm-hmm. they do and become real you know solid viable farming businesses mm-hmm. and the same with the chefs that learn to cook there a step up it's a step up right mm-hmm. it's not ordinary cuisine so they take that away mm-hmm. using those same ingredients it's quite exciting um, mm-hmm. it's how people used to cook years ago until we started having all the processed foods just mm-hmm. kind of showcasing what mm-hmm. what's available and Sue and I were lucky because we landed in the Bay Area in the California Bay Area right around the time when there was that little food food revolution revolution, like (laughs) you know things were bubbling and people spun off from a few places and they went in different directions but it was all with the same purpose and Mm -hmm. that's certainly happened here Mm -hmm. you know in so in so many different um, in so many different ways it should be mentioned that Peggy was a chef at Chez Panisse restaurant under Alice Waters for 17 years, and she was the catalyst in our area yeah. that got us all thinking differently about how to source food and how to prepare it simply with good ingredients. So it's a mm-hmm. simple formula, but it's mm-hmm. difficult and to do Sue, it well. And Sue had a diner, Betty's Diner, for 15 years. It's still operating, but it is the same principle of, of foraging for um, produce from local producers and meats and such. So, What a good recipe. Yeah. You know? It's simple. <laughs> it's simple. It, it's, it is. It's hard to get. Well, Mercy, I'm excited. I'm so glad to talk with you both. And I know we got to get to our business, but um, Peggy Smith and Sue Connolly, Cowgirl Creamery. Thanks so much for just being here. Oh, sure. Thanks for having Thank us on. Thank you for having us on the show. Yeah, absolutely. And you've been listening to an interview with Peg and Sue from Cowgirl Creamery. Details about their business at cowgirlcreamery.com or always at tennesseefarmtable.com. under the link that says listen to the show. And now it's In the Kitchen with Mary Constantine, food writer for the Knoxville New Sentinel. Blackberry picking is supposed to be fun, right? When I was a child, it was anything but. That's because my mother made us kids cover everything but our face before we hit the bushes. Closed-toed shoes were a must, lest we step on a snake. Long pants and long sleeve shirts were required so the briars wouldn't eat us alive, and gardening gloves were a must so that there would be no need in grabbing the tweezers and removing thorns later in the day. Once the picking was finished, we would enjoy and snack on our bounty on the way home. That's when my mother would pull out her largest cast iron skillet and make a monster cobbler. And if divided appropriately, It would feed our family of seven for at least two days. 
There was nothing exceptional about her cobbler, except that she never made the same one twice. Instead, she would grab her latest acquired church cookbook, look in the dessert section, and find a cobbler recipe that she knew wouldn't take half a day to prepare. In other words, there was no lattice work on her creations. Today, I leave the blackberry picking to my grandkids. I'm more apt to get my blackberries delivered in liquid form, as in blackberry wine. So taking a cue from my mom, I grabbed a copy of the 2002 First United Methodist Church cookbook and found this lovely recipe for blackberry wine cake. To prepare, preheat the oven to 350 degrees. Then grease a butt pan and dust it with granulated sugar. Sprinkle a half of a cup of chopped pecans in the bottom of the pan. In a large bowl, mix together one box of white cake mix, one cup of blackberry wine, one three-ounce box of blackberry jello, a half a cup oil, and four eggs. Pour half the batter into the bunt pan. Sprinkle with an additional one-half cup of chopped pecans, and then top that with the remaining cake batter. Bake for 60 minutes. Now, to prepare a glaze, you get a half a cup blackberry wine and one box of powdered sugar. Stir that up and then spoon half the glaze onto the cake just as it's come out of the oven while it's still warming in the pan. Once it's cooled, remove the cake from the pan, spoon the remaining glaze over the cake. This is Mary Constantine with the Tennessee Farm Table. We want to say thank you so much for your great company here today at the Tennessee Farm Table. We hope that you can join us again right back here next week at 9 or online at TennesseeFarmTable.com. Our theme song was written by myself, Amy Campbell, and beautifully performed by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. More information about Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. That's spelled T-H-E-E-M-I Sunshine.com. We want to say thank you to WDVX for bringing to you pure community broadcasting just like this show. They are our media partner, and we couldn't do this without them. More information at WDVX.com. We'd love to invite you to connect with us on Twitter and Facebook at TennesseeFarmTable.com and check out our podcast on your smartphone, tablet, or computer, or on iTunes. Or just search for Tennessee Farm Table. A big list of all of our shows will appear. We hope you have a good week. And keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.